Hi guys, welcome to the Safe Space Podcast. You're with your host Emma and Hester. <laughs> Hester Morris. How are you doing, Hester Morris? Um good. I'm good. I'm good. good. I'm good. We've made a lot of content this year, Emma. Mm-hmm. And uh I've decided I'm gonna fly away for a couple of weeks. Where are you going? I'm going to Greece. You're going to Greece? I'm going to Greece tomorrow. Oh, lovely. I'm flying myself over to Greece tomorrow. Lesbos? No. Not Lesbos? Not Lesbos. What are you doing then? Why are you going to Greece? Well, there's many, many islands in Greece, you know? Oh, wow. Hundreds. Thousands. Thousands? Thousands. Wow. Gone on every one? No, no. Just two. Just two? Yeah. Oh, that'll be nice then. It'll be good. It'll be good. But obviously I'll miss you a lot. I will miss you too. Yes. I'll but be also, WhatsApping you every day. A break is good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> No, I will miss you, but um, and I'll keep the fort held for you whilst you're away. Yeah, thank you. I'll keep those TikToks coming out, oh, content making. Thank God. <laughs> what would we do without them? So today, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about something serious. We are depressing. It could, there's a reason why I want to talk about it though, and I saw a bunch of TikToks um, of some recent attacks in South London. And I live in South London, and it did scare me, and it actually scared homophobic me. Homophobic attacks yeah, is what homophobic I was referring att- to. Yeah, um, and it scared me, and it's made me and my girlfriend actually have a safe word that we say when we feel like, oh, crumbs, someone, someone's looking at us funny, or, you know, just to have, have our wits about us, and to just be matey. Right, and that's why you wanted to do this. And that's why I wanted to do this, because I was like, this is, this is quite scary, and I wanted to know, I wanted to make... Because learning about history, you realise you weren't the only one. And at once, it's probably a lot worse. And people have overcome it. People and queer people have survived millions of years. Maybe not millions, because we've not been around that long. But, you know, for decades and decades and decades, queer people have had to survive. And they have survived. Because look at us today. We're making this. Right. A queer podcast. So I'm like, let's look back at what people have done. Let's look back at how people have protected themselves from hate crime and just a little bit of history about it to try and make people feel a bit safer. Basically, I'm making the podcast I need to listen to. Oh, it's very self-absorbed, but hey. (laughs) Anyway, so today, let's talk about hate crime. In the UK in the last year, there's been a 41% increase in hate crimes against LGB people. That's a big number. It's huge. And a staggering 56% increase in transphobic hate crime over the last year. Horrific. If you look at this graph, Mm -hmm. this is year on year. That's the last year. So there is a significant shift, you know. Yeah. And also, if you think about 2012 compared to now, it's pretty insane. That's gone from just under 500 to just under 4,500. I wonder what, what made that shift... Well, we know what it was. What do you think it was? It's like the media and yeah. the and the incessant Trump. like obsession with LGBT people. Mm, That's bet. what happens in like times of like political turmoil. In the US, uh, LGBT people are nine times more likely than non-LGBT people to be victims of violent hate crime, which is a lot, right? Nine times. Nine times, and in America, the violence is obviously staggering. Yeah. With gun laws. These statistics suggest that there is has been a massive change in attitude towards LGBT people mm. over the decade, leading individuals to go out and violently harass LGBT people. There's a lot of things that have happened since mm. the financial crisis in 2008. Um, a lot of people got poorer. A lot of populist politicians started to pop up. 
and would use things like race and gender and sexuality to divide people and create enemies, right? Like, because we need an enemy when there's a general struggle in society. And that's what there is. People have been told that you're gonna get richer and richer and richer and every, life's gonna get easier. And if you try hard, you're gonna, that's what's gonna happen. That's not what's happening anymore. Mm. Life's getting harder, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. So who's to blame? Mm. And naturally, immigrants, gay people and women generally fall under the bloody bus straight away. So I think it's that. Yeah. But it's a change in, like, it's a change in rhetoric that politicians, the media, and the education system start to absorb over time. Mm-hmm. And then it creates a new attitude towards LGBT people that is reminiscent of the one from the past, right? Now, there's no excuse for any human being harming another human being, especially if the motive is to destroy a person because of who they are or who they love. It makes me so sad that people actually choose violence against love. It just shows that it's so deep-rooted within individual hate and, oh, it's just raw. Well, that's what I wonder, right? Mm -hmm. Individual hate. It beckons the question, Mm -hmm. where does homophobia actually come from? So let's start with some science. Why are individuals homophobic? What do you think? I'm going to guess that it is a deep-rooted vulnerability within someone that kind of is like, is either a rejection of something different or a complete and utter threat to your own patriarchy self. Okay, both of those reasons Mm -hmm. imply that there's a choice from that individual. So I'm wondering, is there? Because studies... I've tried to find out how specific life experiences correlate with a negative attitude towards LGBT people. Very interesting. These studies have found, generally, that people with negative attitudes towards LGBTQ plus people are less likely to have had personal contact with a lesbian or gay person, so they never met a gay person. They are more likely to perceive their community to be homophobic, so their peers and the general area in which they live is overtly homophobic. So those two things are the environment, right? You've not met a gay person and everyone around you is kind of generally low-level or high-level homophobic. Mm -hmm. Next, they are more likely to be older, less educated, and more likely to be religious. Right. So so their education, that's Mm. their education. The way they understand the world, right? When were they educated? Was it the Mm. 60s? Was it the 80s? Was it the 90s? Mm. How much were they educated? In what way were they educated? So did religion have an impact on their education? Because all those things are likely to lead to a difference Mm -hmm. in your view towards LGBT people, right? Finally, they are less likely to have explored their own sexuality and they are more likely to have sort of traditional binary views of gender and sex but that's their experiences right so like they've never they're not as open they've not been able to explore their sexuality and the version of gender and sexuality that they have been have seen Mm -hmm. as exemplified is tends to be traditional binary whatever so that's their experiences these factors Mm -hmm. your experiences your education and your environment Mm -hmm. in our formative years are not our, really our choice. You don't choose where you are. You don't choose what education you get. Mm-hmm. And you don't choose what your experiences are necessarily. Then they're out of our control. Yeah. So it kind of makes me think, should we blame those individuals for their perspective? If we do blame them, mm-hmm. 
what's the answer then to changing their perspective? So blaming them, what, what does it lead to? How do you change that perspective once you've blamed them? It's a good point. If those three things are most likely characteristics to inform homophobia. Because I don't think you're going to change someone's education level, their environment or their experiences by blaming them necessarily. They can change later in life. Mm -hmm. But there needs to be a general push to make that happen. And that usually probably has to come from the LGBT community. It's not going to come from within that community. Because they're not aware of it. No. To have a discussion to to change. Yeah. for someone to change, you're almost privileged, right? Yeah. To be able to think the things you think. Mm. But if you're educated and you're from a like a liberal place and you're you've had like various experiences and met people from various different backgrounds and sexualities and genders. Yeah. And you understand all that. Mm-hmm. But you feel great about that. You feel like you're a really good person for doing that. You didn't. Did you create that, or were you just born into it I mean hate crime is homophobic and transphobic and violent and murderous and whatever and it's not like I'm not saying it isn't yeah but I'm saying like as the tensions and the tensions grow over time Mm -hmm. there has to be somebody going in and doing the work to try and like bridge this gap that's growing and growing and growing over time huge it feels so so out of reach and it's takes shitloads of community engagement mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of hard discussion, mm-hmm. radical thinking and forgiveness yeah. on behalf of LGBT people. Um, but in my opinion, mm-hmm. blame, punishment and imprisonment don't facilitate change. Um, so I think, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an abolitionist, so I, I think that we have to find a radical form of justice where people are responsible for the pain that they cause and they do hold that responsibility, but they're also given the space Mm -hmm. to understand and and opportunities to change their viewpoint. Um, if If you don't ever offer anyone any space in the discussion to believe what they believe, and to put your own view forward as an option, mm-hmm. then there is no space for change. Then you've just got an authoritarian viewpoint that you're putting yeah, 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 yeah. out there and it's the only viewpoint and that person can never feel that they can actually mm. change. I was watching a really good video last night about, and it was one of those, um, you get like a few people in a room that have very different beliefs. Those are conservative gays and liberal gays. Oh yeah. And they were asking them questions. So, for instance, should LGB be separate from TQ, TQ plus? Right. And, like, that was an example question. And then they'd sit in the middle, the ones that agreed, and the ones that disagreed would stand out in the circle. And the ones that agreed would chat about it. And then then the ones that disagreed would come and chat about it again, why they disagreed and stuff. And it's just incredible. And it's like, I've never seen that. You You often see in, like, Pride and on this podcast and and different media that they everyone has a very similar viewpoint. Mm. So it feels like, oh, if they have that viewpoint, then I should have that viewpoint. And I bet it's the same in the echo chambers for the right-wing hate crime groups um, that think that they're actually doing, like, a justice to, you know, humanity in some way, because that's what they believe. And it's actually really... Like, I would love to be able to do that here at Safe Space, 
to bring people into this safe space to talk and be free. We should do that, Hess. We should do that. I, I mean, I, I agree. I think, mm. I think social media and the media and people have just like gotten really used to saying how right they are mm. and, and saying how that. wrong other people are yeah. and that being some sort of like um merit yeah of 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 like it's 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 almost like the new religion right politics right. is like the new religion yeah and if you're on the right side of politics which is basically on the side of politics that the people around you that you associate with yeah are um supporting mm-hmm. then you're a good person mm. you're deemed you're given like social mm. affirmation but that also depends on where you come from. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a if if you're in a right like a place that's more right wing, yeah, and you're in a job that's more right wing, you've got you live in a ta- like a, a suburb that's more right wing, mm. and you're right wing, you will be affirmed for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're left wing, you will be vilified for it. Wow. So, is it not kind of just the same as religion, and and therefore like. Do we not need to learn? I think we all really need to actually relearn how to discuss things and how to allow people to have different opinions, hateful opinions. Mm. You know, hate for you. What you think people should be able to have hateful opinions? I think for I think you. I think the thing is, if if people do have that opinion, there's not there's nothing you can do by disengaging with them. Mm. So all you have, the only option you have is to allow it yeah. and try and, and try and reason yeah. with them. But if you just say, well, I'm not going to talk to you because you're a bigot. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I this is my opinion, yeah. you know, like it's not. I like it. It's not, it's again, again, it's not the only way. Yeah. This is not, this is what, what I'm exactly what I'm trying to say. We all yeah. have opinions and we should all. So yeah. I'm reading a really good book at the minute called Radical Compassion by Tara Brack. Oh, she, are you? She, she's a teacher, um, a, what are they called, meditator. She's just like... She's a meditator. Yeah, she meditates. She like helps therapists in their world of work. There's these four steps that she talks about, which it's called RAIN. Recognise, allow, investigate and nurture. And it's like when you feel in a state of like stress, it's to pause, meditate and to do like RAIN one by one. And it, they go through the steps in, in depth. And I think actually we could RAIN on some... Homophobes. <laughs> yeah, because you like, could be re- if you recognise uh, yeah. that it exists. Yeah, you because it does exist. It does. You can't get away with it. If you allow it to exist in the moment that you're in, mm-hmm. and um, then you investigate it, you 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 ask questions. Yeah. You try and like open the discussion up, mm. and then what's the last one? Nurture. Nurture. Don't want to nurture the homophobia. Well, you can... But you could nurture the person. Yeah. For the reasons. Yeah. The, or it's like, all very personal. Because that's what you have to do for yourself. Like, why can't you do that for other people? Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, like, a lot of people would probably just turn to us and say, it's, like, ignorant what you're saying, and mm. and it's um, I get that. naive. Yeah. And, yeah, I do understand that. Like, I get it, I yeah. mean, especially the because... Violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, there's not as much violence I will have faced as some other people. Definitely. But I still think there are different, there are different approaches and there are different views people can have. Mm -hmm. That's my point. Hate 
crime is increasing across the world right now, but queer people have always found creative ways to survive, fight back and resist. So I've decided to do this podcast because of the two attacks in South London. I'll tell you a bit about them. So very close to where I live, Hester, two gay men were assaulted for holding hands near a bus stop. This comes just a week before the homophobic stabbings outside two brewers in Clapham. Mm-hmm. You heard about that one? Yeah. And this isn't just happening across the UK, Hester. Across the pond um, in the US, Laura Ann Carlton was murdered for, hang- for hanging a pride flag in her shop window. I did. I did see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Horrific. And she wasn't even part of the LGBTQ plus community. She was simply an ally. Mm. My thoughts go out to her family and friends because that is just... I mean, it's horrendous. Yeah. And also Hester O'Shea Shibley, who was voguing outside a gas station to Beyonce and then was approached by a group of men and then he was sadly stabbed to death. Yeah, I heard about that one too. That's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Horrific. Hate crime feels like it's at an all-time high and is on the rise, but how should the LGBTQ plus community deal with it and how can allies help? Well, queer people have always had to defend themselves throughout history. It's important to look back and to see what these queer people and allies have done to fight back and show resistance to hate. So, before the Stonewall riots in 1969, there was the Compton Cafeteria riots in 1966, which was a historic act of trans resistance, and one that not many people know about. The cafeteria had become a popular queer gathering spot, but the management of the cafeteria didn't like that, and they thought it was ruining business. So they started to implement a tax for trans customers. Wow. Horrific. A trans tax. A trans tax. Because of that, tensions obviously rose, and trans people were fed up with the daily harassment And one night, management calls the police on a trans customer. However, when an arrest was attempted, a trans woman decided to launch her coffee cup at the police officer's face. Legend. Sparking a chaotic uprising. We don't know the name of this trans woman, as the documentation has disappeared. Oh. And there were no arrest reports. It took a trans historian, Dr. Stryker, years to actually figure out what actually happened that night after she found a timeline, a brief timeline of the events in 1991. Mad. Mm-hmm. And you can actually watch her documentary called Screaming Queens that Susan made in 2005 that spoke about the events. Mm-hmm. And since then, the state of California has been at the epicenter of some trailblazing activism. San Francisco's Tenderloin District has served as a safe haven for queer people. And California, Hester, has just become the very first state to recognise Trans History Month. I did see that. Mm-hmm. And it's going to happen. How exciting. Every August. There we go. Another um, month in the calendar. Can't wait. <laughs> And this is in light of literally hundreds of anti-LGBTQ plus bills being introduced across the US. And I think, Hester, that celebrating trans history is a great way of fighting back from hate, don't you? Yeah. I mean, it's one of the ways. I think a lot of people might say it's a little bit, uh, you know, a lot of people might say that legislation Mm -hmm. is stronger than a month of remembrance. I know, but a collective... I, th- I agree, don't get me wrong, but I think collective recognising and allowing and investigating and nurturing is a very strong way of resisting. It's showing back through love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes, though. We will see how I it do, goes. I did see it and think, well... Did you? That's not going to go down well, is it? Really? You could say that about, you know, back then when people started Pride. Well, it didn't go down well. Exactly, but eventually it might get better and better. For sure. 
eventually it might yeah let's hope okay let's we'll see <laughs> let's not be cynical let's see <laughs> hate crime has been used as a tool by society the police and the state to suppress our community however now the threat of transphobic and homophobic attacks mostly comes from on the street Historically, LGBT communities have had to look out for themselves when it comes to violent abuse. For example, in the 1970s, the Lavender Panthers. Have you heard of these? I have, actually, yeah. They were the armed self-defence group, and they were ruthless. They were inspired by the Black Panthers, looking out for LGBTQ plus people in the San Francisco area after a series of homophobic beatings. And they were founded by a very controversial gay priest. Rev- oh, yeah. Reverend, do you know him? No. The Reverend Ray Brochiers. Ray Brochiers. Reverend Ray. And he said, We are now forced to act. The police look the other way when a gay is beaten. The beaten person is treated as if he were the criminal, not the victim. We shall retaliate. Never again shall we just sit by. He had to do something. Mm -hmm. Reverend Ray wanted to contradict the popular notion that gay people were cowards and pansies who wouldn't fight back. The striking image of an armed gay priest leading a vigilante group of LGBTQ plus people features in the Rolling Stones and the Coast magazines because they were iconic. Yeah, sticks in the brain, eh? So the Lavender Panthers would take to the streets at night, armed not with guns, but rather sword off pole cubes. Pole cubes? Like, so you know, like, Pool cue <laughs> The fuck is a pole cue? So the Lavender Panthers took to the street at night, not armed with guns, but pool cues, sword at the end. Right. Whistles, clubs, chains, and red spray paint. Bloody hell. The group had a hotline that people could call if they needed help. However, the Lavender Panthers only lasted just about a year and had only about 21 members. As in the spring of 1974, the Lavender Panthers beat up several teenagers. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Who had jumped a bartender at a gay bar. The youth's parents complained to the police, which then forced Reverend Ray to disband the vigilante group. Okay. Mm-hmm. So no it's more bit, gay police. A bit too violent for the likings of the state. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting that they didn't do anything before then. I mean, it makes sense at that time. What else would you... If no one's going to protect you, you've yeah. got no legal protections... They just did it. The police joining like, in with, mm. with people who are beating you up. Why wouldn't you start your own little yeah. gay police force? Yeah, it came like the Robin Hoods. I'd join. <laughs> you know, you would. And the Lavender Panthers weren't the only ones. There was quite a few of these safe street patrols. There was the Butterfly Brigade. Cute. And they were drag queen vigilantes. Oh, wow. They had some police involvement, while others safe patrols saw the police as a bit of an issue. The Butterfly Brigade took more of a peaceful approach. Uh, For instance, when a homophobic attack took place, people would blow whistles as if they were being attacked or they saw an attack happen, which would scare off the perpetrator, but also draw attention to the scene. And a queue of men everywhere would come running to save them from violence. Who were the men? The the brigade. Oh, they were the Butterfly Brigade. Just hanging around everywhere. Well, not just the Buffalo Brigade, but I think like other gay men within that area, they'd know what this whistle would mean. Right. Because you could hear it from like two to three blocks away. Ah, safety in numbers. Safety in numbers. Very good. These whistles are still used today. Are they? Yeah. The Butterfly Brigade's legacy is still here today as with groups like the Castro Street Safety Patrol, who still promote the use of whistles when you're in trouble. Their main aim is to keep communities safe. Cool. In the 1990s, the Queer Nation formed, who were an LGBTQ plus activist organisation in New York City by some AIDS activists from ACT UP. The four founders were outraged by the escalation of anti-gay violence. The group are known for confrontational 
tactics. It's slogans and practicings of outings. So you'd out a homophobic person. Mm. They wanted to eliminate homophobia and increase LGBTQ plus representation. Um, and they did this through a variety of tactics. They used banners at protests and rallies. Uh, one banner used to read, dykes and fags bash back. Another, queer nation, get used to it. Which reference the organisation's famous chant, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. Queer Nation was actually one of the first examples of the LGBTQ plus community reclaiming the slur queer. Ah. Mm-hmm. Which we now use as a form of the collective identity to empower our community. I didn't know that that's where it came from. Yeah. Nowadays though, Hester, I think hate is breeding a lot online, as we see a lot. You think? Mm-hmm. People are polarised in their own echo chambers and we often listen to our own and compare each other but don't actually listen to each other Mm -hmm. as you've spoken about earlier in this podcast. Alok Vaid Menon is an internationally acclaimed author, poet, comedian and public speaker and they are an advocate for radical compassion Mm. when it comes to battling the haters. In 2016 they were violently attacked on the streets. They healed by writing a love letter to their perpetrator. Wow, Mm -hmm. takes a lot. And they deal with online hate every day but they respond by comments such as, I love you more than you could ever hate me. That's an interesting approach. I like their approach. I, I'm on board with this. Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's your stance on it. Yeah. And I think um, there's so many different parts to play mm-hmm. in change. Mm-hmm. You know, like Martin Luther King was nonviolent. Yeah. And he's always... He's always lifted up, Mm -hmm. even by people who would have probably been against him. Mm -hmm. Um, He has a fantastic quote that I remember reading when I was really young and just thinking, that is how I want to live my life. It is, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Yeah, and that was Martin Luther King's view, Mm -hmm. you know, but like there was also Malcolm X, there was also the Black Panthers. Yeah. The same way in in what you've just shown us there is that you've got the lavender panthers who mm-hmm. used who used violence when they needed to use violence yeah to protect themselves yeah which is that even like that's not even that's self defense right mm-hmm. um and you've got activists that didn't use violence you've got activists that used humiliation you've got activists that used um empowerment mm-hmm. and then you've got activists that use um radical loving compassion. radical yeah. compassion but it's not to say that like anyone's wrong no um just different it's just different ways of doing it and actually i think if we kind of come together more on our different perspectives mm-hmm. um we'd probably have a lot more of a chance of making a dent in what is seeming to be a slippery slope yeah back in time. But this radical compassion seems to be working as there's been a rise in former extremists reevaluating their belief system um, and converting to radical compassion. And we know this because there is a non-profit called Life After Hate um, founded in 2011. They are committed to helping people leave violent far-right groups to connect with humanity and lead compassionate lives. Their primary goal, stated on their website, is to interrupt violence committed in the name of ideology or religious beliefs. We do this through education, interventions, academic research and outreach. 
And whilst, yes, we are living in a very challenging and some may say scary times as a community, we must reflect on how we have achieved the position we are in today. Those brave members of the LGBTQ community fought in various ways to provide us with a degree of normality. Well, that was interesting, Emma. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. And I think useful to have this conversation because it's not a conversation I'm hearing a lot mm-hmm. out there. Um, within and outside of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's like so much grief people are experiencing and there's fear and there's violence, threats of violence, anxiety, all these things that are, you know, we shouldn't have to experience, but it's nice to learn about the different ways people have try to protect themselves and Mm. I feel a lot of empowerment from that and I think the overarching theme is you need a community yeah and you need to organize together and you need to accept the differences in approaches that people take yeah completely agree yeah completely agree go on cowboy let's do it right thanks guys for watching make sure to like subscribe follow where appropriate not in the streets. Don't follow us in the streets, please. Nah, not <laughs> after last time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.